Hi, everybody. My name's Tom. <laughs> I'm a very grateful member of Al-Anon. Um, my mom asked me tonight if I was a little nervous. I said a little bit. Seeing all you guys, it gets like a lot more. <laughs> but um, yeah, it would be okay. And um, I was just thinking the other day, Pauline asked me. Pauline and I work together. Everybody knows Pauline. And um, she every once in a while we'll have tea down in the cafe. Or the cafe and, you know, we just kind of meet, talk a little bit about recovery, and uh, we're both in the same department. And I, um, I said, well, okay, we'll meet, like, just like we always do. And then she dropped this bomb on me. <laughs> like, would you like to speak at the conference? And I said, yes. You know, like, you know, no, you, know you don't turn out a reasonable request. And a week or so later, I'm like, why did you say yes so quick? <laughs> um, and she wouldn't let me go back on it, I'm sure, if, even I, if I tried. Um, but I'm really grateful to be here. Um, I would like to thank the committee who left me while I was up here. Except <laughs> <laughs> for Mike. Thanks, Mike. <laughs> Thanks, Cheryl. Um, um, you know, they, they left, and I'm like, yeah, is it going to be that bad? You know, <laughs> they probably left the room. But it's, um, I'm really gl glad to be here. And uh, my anniversary day is July 23rd, 1991. And I'm really grateful for that, because I don't know if I'd be here without it. So, um, but I see a lot of people in here that helped me along the way. And it's um, been a pleasure to get to know you guys. Um, I have my home group members. I have half of the room, I think, is my family. <laughs> we have a lot of recovery in our family. Um, Bob and Anita from Louisville. Um, it's just so many folks that I've gotten to know over the years. And it, it, um, uh, it's amazing to me. Uh, I was thinking last night I was on a plane uh, coming out of Portland, Oregon, and I was just um, doing a little praying because it was a little rocky, you know, the, the plane, right? And um, I'm praying and, um, you know, overanalyzing, which is one of my character defects of, like, what should I say? And, and um and it just came like, you know, for, forget it, just say what God wants you to say. And and then, um, you know, I was thinking, you know, things in my life that I see today that I wouldn't have ever seen before. Um, as I'm flying into Portland on Monday, I'm just getting ready to uh, land and uh, just trying to crest the top of the clouds. And I, I have a window seat. And I look off in the distance is Mount Hood, which is peeking up through the clouds. And I thought, no human power could have ever created that. None. And then, um, then, you know, then I'm thinking about some other things, like um, a, a flight I had a few weeks ago. This guy suddenly jumps up out of his seat and has to run to the bathroom. And I thought, that's powerlessness. <laughs> because... Because we're like 400 feet off the ground, and we're getting ready to land, and the, and the waiter or the waitress, the flight attendant says, "So get back to your seat." And he's like, "I don't know which way to go. <laughs> I got to pee, but you know." <laughs> so it's um, you know, if, if I just look for things, they're in my life every single day, um, of how I can use this program. But before I get too far, I just want to thank that committee that left me. 
um, for uh, the nice basket in our room. Um, it was it was it's very much appreciated, and um, it had some nice treats in it, like M and M's. I think I saw M and M's. I like M and M's. Well, my wife Tammy will probably get those. Uh, Tammy's here with me along with my daughter and my sister-in-law, my mom, my dad, my cousin Dave. Sorry, walking Dave. So I'm really uh, again grateful to be here. Well, I guess I better get started on my story. You know, they used to, they say well, you know tell what it was like, what happened, and what it's like today. Uh, what it was like, it sucked. Um, what it's what happened, you know, I got here, only by the grace of God. And what it's like today, it's pretty damn good. So, um, anyway, I'm the, one, of, I'm one of three uh, children that grew up in alcoholism. Um, I have a brother and a sister who are a year younger than me, and, and uh, my sister's a year younger, my brother's two years younger than me, and uh, grew up in a house just alcoholism, but we didn't know it. We just thought that drinking was normal. And so when we got to an age that it was drinking, then we, we did some of that as well. Um, I chose to not drink so much, but the other ones chose to do more. And, um, you know, and, and now I, uh, I'm in a family of five, and I'm the only one that is an alcoholic. My dad says I'm the sickest. <laughs> so only because I dealt with everything on raw emotions, and they kind of drank everything away. But I, uh, as growing, I was growing up, um, you know, we lived on Waterworks Road in Fort Thomas, Kentucky, so not too far from here. And uh, we would just go to, like, Frida's Bar down on Waterworks Road, and my dad would give us, you know, probably like a nickel at the time to play that little bowling game and uh, enjoy that. But it was nothing um, unusual to just have drinking in our house. Uh, then we moved up into another part of Fort Thomas, and then that's when it really kind of took off. The, um, uh, my grandfather, who I suspect was an alcoholic, uh, helped us build our family room in the basement, and we put in a 10-foot bar with a tap out of the refrigerator. So with a swiveling seat so they wouldn't have to get out of the seat <laughs> to get another drink. Um, but again, it was just normal for that drinking to take, um, to just, be there all the time. And, um, you know, when we talk about Alateen, I wish I would have had Alateen back then. Um, but it is what it is. It's just, uh, you know, right timing. Um, we would go to, to Christmas Eve Mass um, at our church, and um, we would have a lot of drunk members going to Mass with this. Um, and that was just normal. Every Christmas Eve, every holiday, drinking was a part of it. And then, um, you know, then my dad uh, volunteered to uh, do the bar at the at the church. He, I think he thought he was elected, um, but I think he just volunteered because he just felt like it was a great opportunity for his career, drinking career. But I would go up and help him with that. You know, bottled beer, and then I would get to drink all the soft drinks I want. I ended up getting the job up there, cleaning up um, the the hall after the weddings and after parties there. You talk about nasty. You know, you take a beer and whiskey, and I'll put them on a chip can, cigarette butts, and it's like, this has no appeal to me. But then uh, um, I went into high school, and um, as I look back, when I was just kind of reflecting um, a little bit this morning and... Um, I just never felt a part of anything. 
I never had really any friends. Um, my sponsor asked me when I first got here, you know, do you have any friends? I said, I may have one. And he was kind of a periodic friend. And his name was Dave. And um, Dave would, uh, you know, we would hang around each other in the summertime. But in during the school year, I was all school. Um, but didn't have any really friends there. But I participated in things at school. So I never really understood why I didn't feel part of. Uh, so to sit here, or stand here, and look at all, you all and have so many friends is really amazing to me. So um, I get through high school. I went to Newport Catholic High School. I graduated from St. Catharines in Fort Thomas. And I went to, um, I just I went, decided to go to college. And at the same time, I um, got a job with a, a company in Surfway Food and Drug here in Cincinnati. And, um, and the, really the goal, now that I think about it, was just to get out of the house as much as I could. And I would work all the time. I would uh, go to school and study all the time. And about that time, I, I met um, Tammy. And we were at a thriftway party. Um, I was only there like a month. And we met this thrift, or had this thriftway party. And um, there's drinking going on. And, um, and I had a couple of beers. And, uh, and I just stood up. And I walked across the room, and she was sitting on the counter, and I gave her a kiss. I didn't say a word. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I never did that before. <laughs> and uh, because I was a really shy guy. <laughs> Believe it or not, I was a shy guy. Uh, it, it, just, um, it was just out of character for me to do something like that. You know, and I think about that today, I think that was God working in my life. Because we've been married 28 years now. So. Uh, so we just started dating. And I mean, we just started dating. And, um, you know, I was thinking about Mary Pearl, how she met her husband. You know, he's in bed and she brings whatever the person home. And he's like, hey, you brought a broad home. And, then he, and he goes, and she goes, not tonight. You know, and, and so I was just thinking, like, this is. It was just like happened out of instinct. I don't know what it was. I'm sure it's God. Um, anyway, we started dating, and um, really not didn't think anything about alcohol. I didn't even know what alcoholism was. Had no clue what alcoholism was. And I, uh, um, we just dated for six and a half years. <laughs> it was a long, you know. She wanted to get married, and well, I don't know. Maybe that's not true. We, we wanted to get married, but then we, were, we set a date for July, and then it got moved up to, like, June and then May. and So we got married in February. So I think that she just like, I thought, maybe I thought it was like, it'll be a cold day in hell when we get married. And, but it wasn't that way at all. Yeah, it snowed on our wedding night. And you know what? We stayed in this very hotel on the night of our wedding. It didn't look like this. <laughs> it didn't look like this at all. It, uh, it was kind of run down. I don't know what it was, but we um, got we uh, got in or registered or at the desk, and we went to our room, and there was this really big guy in our room along with some woman, and we had it moved us somewhere else. So, <laughs> so I, this is I don't know. We laugh about it today, but we're dating for six and a half years, and you know we're just 
kind of going through life, um, just trying to plan our lives, um, just uh, working, trying to get ahead. And, um, and then alcoholism started to rear, I mean, the progression of alcoholism started to rear his, head, his ugly head. And we started having these discussions and these arguments about uh, the alcohol, you know, the drinking in our family. And um, about two weeks before I went to, um, or before we got married, um, I went to, um, I had moved out of the house and we got an apartment getting ready to get married. And two weeks before we got married, um, Tammy says, I think you need to talk to your mom and dad about drinking. And, you know, that was very scary for me. I was not prepared to do that because I didn't want to, um, I didn't handle conflict real well back then. And uh, so I called and uh, made an appointment. Um, and I walked in, and it was at that 10-foot bar. They were drinking. And I told them, if you don't stop drinking, you'll never see me again. And I meant that. Just like the alcoholic means they'll never, start, they'll never drink again. But I meant that that night. And I left, and um, it was probably the first sign for me that uh, the resentments and the anger were starting to grow um, because I was pretty angry when I left. And then so uh, two weeks later, Tammy and I are getting married um, on the coldest day of the year. And uh, um, we get married, and my mom and dad aren't drinking. And I thought, well, that worked. They, they're not, uh, they're not drinking. And um, I said, well, that worked. And so uh, we are on a honeymoon and, um, into um, Orlando, Florida, to Disney World, which is not my happiest place on earth, by the way. <laughs> but we went to Disney World, and then when we got back, um, come to find out my mom checked herself into a care unit. And I thought, well, that worked. And, um, and we would do what everybody does. You know, when somebody's in a hospital, you go visit them. You take flowers. And um, this was completely different, really different, because then you went in to see what you know, she drew that day and what she had made that day. And uh, she never got, I don't know if she ever got out of her nightgown. And um, it was just, um, you know, but I still didn't get that. I didn't get that this was alcoholism. Um, I didn't think it affected me in any way. And I, uh, I even went to see um, a video, um, probably VHS these days, a, a VHS about um, Father Martin and talking about alcoholism and talking about his story. And I thought it was really humorous, um, but still didn't get it. Didn't get it at all. And um, so the next seven years, Tammy and I are just going along, just living life. Um, the things between, um, yeah, now, now they're, they're sober, uh, my dad, um, my mom got sober in a care unit, and my dad uh, um, joined her in AA two weeks later. So my mom has more sobriety. <laughs> She'll tell him that too. So we uh, um, are just going through life, and, and they're sober, but there's this, this tension. We can't get together for family events because there's too much tension. There's too much anger. It doesn't feel comfortable. Um, and uh, every time there would be a family event, um, it just uh, didn't seem to go real well. And um, 
I mean, early sobriety is really tough for the whole family, not just the alcoholics, but for the whole family. And so uh, we get into um, seven years um, of our marriage, and uh, the um, my brother ends up getting divorced. And so I go off to Florida to help him to move out of his house. And uh, while I'm gone, Kristen gets hurt and breaks her uh, collarbone. And then I get back, and it's there's just like a lot of issues between a lot of uh, um, problems going on now that I didn't really see. And so um, Tammy and I are, are starting to argue a little bit more. And still didn't see that it was alcoholism. That was affecting my family now. And I didn't really know what it was. Neither one of us were drinking. And so she, uh, uh, we sit down and she's, you know, I'm starting to show that this anger and resentment are coming out. And uh, she says again, you need to go talk to your mom and dad and talk to them about um, how you feel about that. And I can clearly picture it was on our love scene in our living room. And we, uh, I said, okay, I'll go do that. Because now she's wanting to talk about divorce. And now I'm getting ready to lose everything that I thought I had. And uh, we, uh, um, I made an appointment, another appointment with the alcoholics. And this time, and because when they're in AA, now you got to make a lot of appointments because you can never find them. They're always at a meeting. And, uh, and so we... I make an appointment with them, and this time it's different. This time it's at the kitchen table. This time they're not drinking. They got seven, almost seven years of sobriety. They're not drinking, and my mom has my favorite food fixed, seafood. And we get done eating, and I, uh, and my, and my mom's sitting to my left, my dad's sitting to my right, and she says to me, well, Tom, what do you have to say? And I didn't look at her. I turned to my dad. And I, and I let him have every resentment I ever had. It got down so little to I was resentful towards the milk in the house. <laughs> because what he would do, he'd take one gallon and make two. It was like that loaves of fish, or loaves and fish stuff. <laughs> and he would... He would make two gallons out of one, and I was resentful about that. I was resentful that he didn't come to my basketball games or my football games or whatever. I don't know why that was. I didn't know why I was so angry with him. But I was. I was extremely angry. And, you know, he said, well, he said a few things to me. He said, if I could breathe for you, I would. If I could take away the pain, I would. But I can't. He says, I, don't, I can't do anything for you. But I do have one suggestion. And that's Alan. And I, don't, I heard that, but I didn't do anything about it. I still didn't think it affected me. And, um, I mean, they were going to, we even would go to their anniversary meetings with them um, and watch them sit up there and get their coin and talk about being alcoholics. And I would say, it wasn't that bad. What are they doing that for? They say they're alcoholics. They've been saying this alcoholic thing for several years now. 
And I didn't believe it. I didn't, I didn't see it. So you just don't become aware till you're aware. And so he said, you know, I suggest, um, we suggest Al-Anon for you. We think it can help. You grew up in alcoholism. And I didn't come running, believe me. It took, it took a while. But things were really getting pretty rough at home. And I, uh, I didn't know what to do. I was totally powerless. Because I felt like I was going to lose my family. And I didn't know where I was. I didn't know what to do for me. Because I never really taken care of me. I always took care of my brother and my sister. Uh, trying to make the family okay. Um, even from a really young age. And then, uh, so I didn't, I didn't go right away. And in the middle of all this, um, Tammy's stepdad dies. And I uh, dearly love that man. He was a great guy. But it just really um, took on a life of its own in our family. And in the middle of that, I got transferred to my work. And I couldn't see the reason for any of that, but today I can. I got transferred to a store in uh, Glenway Crossing over in Cincinnati. At the time, it was the number one thrift toy store we had. I was being transferred there. Um, it was rather new. And uh, a, f a guy that worked there that I'd known for many years, uh, his name was Fred, or is Fred. And uh, so we're working a, a little bit, and all this stuff's going on at home and going on with my mom and dad. And uh, Fred and I are walking across the front of the store. And I thought we were just talking about business. He turns to me and says, hey, how's your mom and dad? And I said, how do you know my mom and dad? He goes, from meetings. And I said to him, you go to those damn meetings too? <laughs> I didn't want to talk to him because I had seen what was going on. I, I just, I just resentment towards AA now because, you know, you got to make an appointment. They never come to see you, but they went... <laughs> They never come to see you, but you don't want them there. You, know, you want you want them to come for dinner, but you hope they never show. They never take the you know the invitation. It was awful. But anyway, Fred says, um, "So when are you going to be ready?" I said, "I'll never be ready for Alan. I'll never be that ready." I said, "It's a cult." <laughs> I mean, we heard about that. I said, "It's a cult, and I'll, I'll never be ready for that." It wasn't long after that I became really ready. Just absolutely um, in pain and fearful. And so um, Fred took me to my first meeting at St. Henry's grade school down in the undercroft of the church. It was around one table this size. There was about eight people there. Um, six of them were women, Fred and I. And Fred's one of those guys that is very direct. Like, you're going to a meeting tonight. And I said, okay. He said, yeah, you're going to a meeting tonight. I said, okay. And, um, and I was scared to death. And I sat in that meeting, not knowing what we're talking about. And uh, it got to the last five minutes. And they said, Tom, do you have anything to share? And I said, I don't know. <laughs> I'm crying. And uh, it was, um, I didn't know what it was when I left, but I felt this relief. That, I mean, life was still really rough, but I felt like there was a little bit of hope. 
And uh, so Fred and I are working together now, and my life's falling apart. So falling apart. I said, I thought you said it was going to help. He says, you've got to give him more time than that. You've been sick for a long time, buddy. <laughs> so we, uh, we're working together, and, I, and I'm, I'm walking up to him, and he's uh, building a display or whatever in the store. He's doing something. And I said, Fred, this is going on. This is going on. And he just throws up three fingers. And I said, what the hell does that mean? He said, third step, buddy. Go read it. <laughs> he says, turn it over. Go read about it again. And so we would go out and on the front of the, front of the store, and he would talk to me about and, and break the serenity prayer apart for me and talk about the Lord's Prayer and talk about what that meant. And Fred was my first temporary sponsor, my only temporary sponsor. And so um, we're going through life. But my life, I mean, it's getting, I just can't really see it. It's getting better. It's really foggy. Um, and, and now Tammy and I have decided to get separated. And I was, I was torn up about that because I just didn't know what was going to happen. I was afraid. I didn't have any tools. And so we get separated and I moved back in with the alcoholics. And I don't even know how I asked or whatever, but I just moved, moved in with them. And um, now I'm, I've got them right in my face. And, um, but I'm starting to see a little bit about it, what Alan can do for me. So we start talk, we have dinner at night and we start talking about recovery. Now it wasn't too long before that I was resentful and angry and, and screaming at my dad. And we started talking about recovery and we were on the same page, not at the same level, but the same page. And he, um, and we would, we would, um, drink a Diet Pepsi at, at um, a night watching uh, and pretzels and watching Cheers and talk about recovery. I don't know why we watch Cheers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You got Norm and you got whatever, you know, Ted Danson and Sam or whatever. And, and it was his favorite show. And we had some time together that we had, and we were, and, and the resentments were starting to just kind of dwindle away. And then, I, then I asked my sponsor to be my sponsor is Chip. And it was about six months in. And um, I said, you know, I don't know about this, but you guys told me I need to get a sponsor, somebody that can help me through the steps, because I don't, I don't want to stay the way I was. I don't want to be that angry guy I was, and resentful guy I was. And I said, so Chip became my sponsor. And uh, so. Now we're, uh, Tim and I, I think we were like separated five weeks, and then we thought, well, we'll try it again. So I moved back home, and we do that for a little while. I'm still trying to go to meetings, and, um, and it, it just wasn't, something just wasn't working. And so we got separated again. So I moved back in with the alcoholics. <laughs> and so I moved back in with the alcoholics, mom and dad, and, um, and we're starting to do this thing again. Now Chip tells me, hey, you need to go open AA meetings. And Bill T., who's um, in the big party now, who was a, a great spiritual person for me, said, you know, Tom, if you go to open AA meetings, you'll gain some understanding. And with understanding comes compassion. And so I went to those open AA meetings and listened to what alcoholics had to say, why they drink, how they feel, and it was, a, it was amazing how quickly 
I understood my mom and my dad. And so now we're, um, you know, I'm still afraid because um, I don't want to be divorced. But I, I don't know what to do. And so I'm calling Chip every five minutes. I'm walking down, the, and that's before cell phones, by the way. So I had to walk all the way down to the payphone so nobody at work could hear me. And, um, and that was when I was, I think, a dime. And uh, Fred, or um, Chip says, um, just pray about it. Pray about it, Tom. You've never done that before. Pray about it. Ask God for help. And so I started doing that. And when I was living with the alcoholics, I was in, um, I watched them. And they were hitting their knees in the morning and hitting their knees at night and praying. And I saw their lives getting better. So they trusted something far greater than they are. And I had to learn how to do that. Because I was, I was very much involved in our church. Um, but somehow that just didn't, it didn't stop. I even thought about being a priest at one time. Um, yeah, I don't know if that would have worked for me. <laughs> so I was, I was very much in my church. But when it came to spirituality, I don't know if I had a clue. Not till I got here. And so now I'm watching them. They're praying. I'm going to meetings. Um, I was so sick I was trying to get as many meetings. I was going every day, um, sometimes twice a day. And, um, you know, my mom and, our, my mom and dad and I are talking, and she says to me, you know, Tom, um, you know, your problems may have my name on them or your dad's name on them, but the solution has your name on them. So um, I had to get really willing really quick because, again, I didn't want to be that guy that I was when I walked in or before I got here. And so I just started um, listening to what you guys told me to do. And, uh, and so I, I just started going to the, you know, maybe 10 meetings a week. Um, just uh, recovery became a big part of it. Marlene, Marlene and, um, you know, Danny. Um, Danny and I became really good friends in recovery. Um, he came to his first meeting. He was angry as I was. We were, we were a great couple. <laughs> and, uh, but we got to be good friends, and I started putting recovery in everything I did. I'd pray in the morning. I'd pray at night. I'd pray all day long. And my life really did start getting better. And so um, Tammy um, and I made a, a, decided to meet for dinner one night at Greyhound Grill. And uh, we sat way in the back. And um, before that, my sponsor had helped me do a, a inventory on my marriage. Some of the things that I wanted to see that maybe need to change for, you know, for me and change to make the marriage better. But again, we were both, you know, you know we had alcoholism that were affected by um, their drinking. And I, and we, I just wanted, to, I wanted it to be different. And so we uh, uh, met that night. And we talked about trying to do it again. For the third time, we tried to do it again. And um, I said, you know, I, I, I'm, in, I'm very inter I'm, I'm interested. I want to see our marriage work. But I think I need to take it a little bit slower this time and figure out what is um, what it's going to be right for us and right for me. Um, by the grace of God, 
that's been the case. We've been able to reconcile our marriage. I don't know if that would have happened if I weren't here. I don't think it would have happened. Because way back when, I was just thinking about this this morning, when Kristen was three years old, um, the guy I was was a guy that um, she was standing next to her bed, and this is not something I'm proud of. She stayed next to her bed, and I yelled at her to clean her room up at three years old. And I turned around, and I, and I thought, I'll never do that again, and I did it again, and again, and again. So the alcoholic doesn't have the, the market on, I won't do it again. I had the same uh, thing within this disease of things that I did that I would said I would never do it again, I did it. And so we're um, we're, we're trying to do, like do the dating thing, um, which uh, was really good, and um, we reconciled, and um, and we've been um, life has gotten really really good. Tam and I and Kristen, you know, and then they, my sponsor, my sponsor and I are working through these steps, you know, these things that like, okay. You know, first step, I can understand I'm powerless because I, my life was a mess. I, it was truly unmanageable. And then I had to trust God that he could restore me to sanity because I certainly couldn't do it myself. I had tried many times to try to to uh, be sane and be happy and, and, and joyous and free, not even know what I knew what that was that back then. Uh, I remember going to the doctor with Tammy and um, looking in a, a Reader's Digest magazine and it said something like, the formula to be happy. And I ripped it out and took it home. It's, you know, it talked about you know, you know, celebrities, whatever, can't be happy. And I thought, well, I can do this. You know, it's right here in this article. It didn't work. And so I uh, um, started working through these steps with Chip's help. And then um, get to the third step and turn my life and will over. Something I had not done before. And then it came to the fourth step. And my sponsor says, um, if you want to get better, you go all the way through all these. And so we did a fourth step, and then we did a fifth step at his house. And he says, Tom, when you get done with this fifth step, you tell me everything you've done, you'll feel differently. And so we, we started out by doing a third step prayer and then um, asking God to help us with it. And then I just sat down and told him everything about my life. And um, I did feel different, but the work wasn't done. And I had to go on to the sixth and seventh and, um, and ask God to make me entirely ready. And there's been times in my life where I've said, I don't care what it takes, God. I don't care how much pain it is. Take this away, if you would. And then I, I was going for the job, not the job I have now, but I was going for a um, a. Um, job to get in the company I'm with now, and I was I was unemployed for six months. Th this recovery will help me in every part of my life. Uh, I'm going for an interview for this job um, for this company, and I'm scared to death. And I don't know why. I'm just fearful. So I call my sponsor on the way there, and he says, I, "I want you to pull into a gas station. I want you to go in the bathroom. I want you to hit your knees." And then um, ask God to make you entirely ready to remove this fear, and then humbly ask Him to do so. 
And I said, Chip, have you ever seen the inside of a bathroom in a gas station? I am not doing that. I'll do everything you tell me to do, but I am not going to go in the bathroom and hit my knees in a suit. And he, uh, he says, well, um, then sit in your car, close your eyes, pray, and ask God to, to remove this. And it worked. And every time I've ever done that, it worked. I don't know why I'm so slow to get there sometimes. I just think I can do it on my own sometimes. And so then we, it came to those uh, amend steps. And I had, I had some amends to make. And he says, don't you make an amends until you call me first. He said, I don't care what you do, don't make an amends. When we're going to start with the easy ones. We're going to start with people that understand recovery. And so um, I started it out with my mom and dad. And I, I called him again. I had to make an appointment. <laughs> and I called. Um, I can't remember who I did first, but I called my mom or my dad first and met them for lunch, bought lunch, um, and then um, said, you know, I owe you an amends. And here's what I think I owe you amends for. If you, and I'm willing to do whatever it takes to make it better. Because that helped me so much. I mean, that's not the only reason. I wanted to be free of that. And so um, what I found out in my inventory was that um, I had um, messed up their car. Um, I, had, I had cracked one of the plates underneath the bottom. I don't even know what it was. But I had a call. My sponsor made me call around and find out how much they are. And then I gave half the money to my mom and half the money to my dad. And... Um, uh, but I, I made amends to them first. And then I, uh, I said, well, I think I'm ready to go on, Chip. I'm ready to make amends to other people. And I called, um, I think I called Tammy at work one day, and I said, can we go out to dinner? I'd like to go out to dinner and just, just, just go to dinner. And we sat down in Double Dragon, which is right on uh, Commonwealth, and I said, um, and there's a reason for, me, for us me asking you to go to dinner tonight. I never make the plans for dinner. I never do. She's, a, she's like, excuse me, she's like the, the planner. Um, matter of fact, uh, we just went through this thing at work called a color code. Pauline knows what I'm talking about, and maybe some of you others do. But, um, or no, I'm sorry, Harrison assessment. I'm in HR, by the way. A Harrison assessment, and it said on my assessment that um, it's like a zero to 10. 10 is what you prefer to do. Food was two for me. I don't like to cook. And um, so we uh, um, met for dinner that night, and she says, I knew there was something up. I just knew there was something up that you wanted to talk to me. And I said again to her, I've harmed you in many ways. And I'll do whatever it takes to make it better. And from there, things got better. And then one day, um, Tammy and I think Kristen went out of town. And I called um, Patty and I were talking, my sister-in-law. And I said, uh, you know, I've been praying about this for a long time. When I pray in the morning, I go through the steps. I talk to God about it each one of them. And I, uh, somehow we ended up at Bob Evans in Florence. And I... Um, and we're just having breakfast, not really any agenda to talk about anything else. 
And it came where God said, now's the time, buddy. And I said, you know, Patty, I'm, I think I've harmed you. I know I've harmed you. I'm willing to do whatever it takes to make amends. You just help me with that. And um, and there was my mother-in-law, who I loved dearly. And I sat in her kitchen. Um, I don't know why I went over there, um, but I would go over there once in a while. And I was in her kitchen. Uh, it was just her and I. I probably went over there to fix a faucet or something. And uh, I was t- trying to talk to her about the steps and about recovery and what the four-step means and what amends mean. And um, for some reason, it just... She wasn't getting it. And that's okay. But you know what? God has a really good plan. Um, about a year and a half ago, she moved into our home with us. And um, we were able to care for her for a year and a half. If I would have done it my way, I would have been trying to tell her about you know how I make amends. But God had a totally different way to do this. And we were, able to, I was able, we were able to make amends to her, at least I was, and love her the way that God loves her. And uh, just on January, end of January, or June this year, she passed away. And I was, we were able to be there. And I, uh, this is a woman that I just was resentful towards. Didn't like her. I would say I did. But I was so resentful towards her that, um, and I don't know why. I just didn't know why. And so, um, I was able to make amends to her, living amends that way. And I've done the great side amends with my grandparents. Um, but you know, this program tells me that I got I to continue to work it. I got to continue to use this stuff in my life every single day. So today, my life is tremendously better. Um, I have a family that uh, is in recovery. I have a lot of friends. Um, I have a job I enjoy. I prayed about that. I wore my sponsor out about my job. I absolutely wore him out. I said, Chip, I need weekends off. He says, well, you need to apply for a job that gives you weekends off. <laughs> and uh, I said, well, I think I can do that, but I just don't know what the job is. I don't know what I want to do next. And he says, well, let's go back and pray about it. Do an inventory on your job. And so I had to do that. And it was, uh, um, I have a job today I just love. It causes me to travel quite a bit, um, but I like it. Um, then if I think about some other things uh, in, in recovery, like uh, service, you know, service, I do service in Al-Anon, but it, uh, it takes, Al-Anon allows me to go do service for other people, people in need. Um, we cared for a, a man by the name of Joe. And Joe um, was 87, and um, he went, um, he died about, I think, five, six years ago. But we were able to care for him, and I went to see him about three times a week. And um, this has allowed me 
to carry my recovery. And when Joe was in hospice, I went to um, see him, and uh, he was um, really unconscious. He was unconscious. But I walked in, there was a man by the name of Jeff there. And Jeff said to me, uh, well, who are you? I said, well, my wife and I have been cared for Joe. And he says, um, you know, Joe's getting ready to go into the big party. He has this big smile on his face. I said, this guy's nuts. <laughs> so he just explained it. He said, he's going to live with God. Isn't that what we all search, or search for? And I did not understand. But today I do. And so I look at it, that completely different. Check the time here. <laughs> so, um, there's recovery's been a, a, a blessing in my life. Um, there's a lot of things that I, I wouldn't be able to do unless I was here. I mean, it was just. Uh, I don't think, I don't know if Tammy and I would be married today. I honestly believe that. Because I was not a guy that um, was easy to, get, easy to get along with. But today I've changed. Only because you guys have helped me. Only because I have a sponsor that loves me. Only because I have a God that loves me. And I do what you tell me to do. On a daily basis. Because to, yesterday is gone. And all I have today, and I want to talk one last thing about that. Um, we have a um, we have three dogs in our house, and we have um, a big dog, kind of a medium-sized dog, and a little dog named Bentley. And last night I got home from uh, uh, Portland, and I get ready. I was just tired, and the three-hour change, hour change is messing with me a little bit. And Bentley uh, comes jumping up on the bed, and he looks at me like, "Hey, what's going on?" <laughs> and I and, and as he walked away, you, you remember that thing about like the guy having to run to the bathroom on the plane? I was thinking recovery. He's right in the moment. Absolutely right in the moment of what's going on. And he went off to something else. I don't know what he went off to because he's a little, he's, he's in everything. I call him my little madman. And, uh, and he was just right in the moment. And that's really where I want to live. Right in the moment every single day. And so I'm really grateful to be here. Thanks again for letting me speak. Have a good weekend.